It was the first day back of my third year of teaching. Summer break was over, and at the private school I taught at, what we did for two days was sit in a big circle with teachers from kindergarten to 12th grade, and our headmaster would drone on off his list of everything he felt he needed to tell us. Well, at the end of our first morning session, as we were ready to go to lunch, the last agenda item for the morning was classroom cleanliness and organization. And as he discussed this, a lot of eyes turned to me, especially when he said this line, I don't care how you keep your house, and I don't care how you keep your apartment, but you will keep your classroom organized. Now, as we broke for lunch, the science teacher who happened to be my landlord, and he wasn't the guy who said anything, came running up and he was like, oh boy, we all know who he was talking about, don't we? And I was bitter. I was like, you know, if he had a problem with me, he should pull me aside and talk to me individually. He goes, oh, I agree, Kev. I agree. You're a great teacher. You're a great teacher. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. If you don't want your boss in your personal business, don't date his daughter. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference. I am your host, Coach Cullen. And today, I will be discussing the joys and horrors of a teacher's first day back. So for you parents out there, I am going to pull back a veil of something you rarely see unless you're a teacher. And when I'm talking about the first day back, I am not talking about the first day back with students. That's a whole different animal. I am talking about that first teacher, we call teacher in-service, the first day teachers need to report back. But before I get started, I just wanted to remind you, if you would like to reach out to me, tell me how I'm doing. Um, give me your own ideas of what you feel the joys and horrors of the first day back are. Or if you're a parent, maybe listen in and say, oh, I never knew that. Thanks for sharing that with me. You can always reach me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Or if you found this on a Twitter link or on Facebook, you can always just add it there. And I would really appreciate it that if you enjoy what you're listening to, to share this out with friends. The story I shared in the beginning was a true story. Uh, the headmaster's daughter and I were both in about our early to mid-20s. And we had broken up over that summer. So, yeah, getting hit with that was not an enjoyable thing for a whole lot of reasons. It, and it probably really wasn't about the organizational thing. I, I think it was more about him getting a dig in on me. 
Um, and I don't mean like in a fun and funny type way either. I mean in a like hurtful way. But for the most part, other than that year, the first day back when you see all your colleagues, many of them that you've been working with for years, and they've moved past the line of colleague into friend, the best way I can describe it is if you went away to college and you arrive back on campus after summer break and you see all your friends who live all around the country that you haven't seen all summer, that's what it's like. It really is like the first day back on college campus. There's a lot of hugs, a lot of laughter. You sit down. Our school provides a breakfast for us. So here we are eating and talking. It, it's just a great time. It, it really is, especially if you enjoy where you work and who you work with. I love going back to school. I don't dread that day. I know a lot of people do. Summer is over, and there is kind of a disappointment about that. Who want it, Who wouldn't want to live a summer the rest of their lives, right? But that's not reality. The reality is we have to go to work. And it's great that, for me, teaching is what I love to do. And I love the people that I get to work with daily. That's not mean we have no tension, it means I respect them, I care for them, I want to see them. I enjoy going to work. I enjoy going to work because I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the people I work with. I, I hope all of you, teachers or not, have that feeling when you go into work every day. Now what ends this joyous occasion is when we have to get down to the nuts and bolts of why we're there. All of a sudden, we become the students. And now we are sitting, listening to people. Now, for the most part, I don't mind when my superintendent gets up and she shares some of the new policies, the new direction the school would like to go. That's all nuts and bolts stuff. I have no problem with that. I don't have a problem. My principal starts sharing Again, the same idea of what he sees or where he sees we need to go for the school year, his concerns, things that we did right, things we can improve upon. Again, all nuts and bolts things. And I think the reason I don't mind them doing it is they both don't do it in a condescending, dictatorial way. It's more done in a, hey, this is what you need to know to be a successful teacher. This is what this is what we want to implement. And I, I got to be honest, I... And I'm just saying this to kiss up. I enjoy my superintendent. She's been there for like 10 to 15 years as our superintendent. She just has a commoner type way. And what I mean by that is she has a doctorate. Very sharp lady. But she always comes off as I'm one of you. It doesn't mean she can't make hard decisions. Not at all. But when she is talking with us, when she's talking with you one-on-one, you don't feel, she doesn't impose on you I am your superintendent. I have a doctorate. She's like, hey, I work with you. Best example I can give of this. So it was one summer. I came into school to get some things done. And I was with my little daughter. She must have been like five years old. Really, really young. And we're walking the hallway. And my superintendent came walking around another, the other way. And you know, we said hi. And she asked how the summer is going. And I turned to my little daughter and she knew my principal as 
the big boss. And I, because he's very, actually, because he's a pretty tall guy, he's about 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, and I turned to my daughter and said, Hey, this is, this is Dr. Van Wart. You know, the big boss, she is the big, she is the big boss's big boss. And she's, the superintendent started laughing and she goes, No, no. I'm just somebody who works with your father. I mean, that, that just shows you, I think it's the best example of what I'm trying to express when she talks to us. And that's, if you're an administrator, I think that's what you want to go for. This idea of, I'm one of you. You know, yes, I am above you organizationally, leadership-wise, you know, in the flow chart of chain of command, I'm above you, but I'm with you. I am... We, are, we should be all on the same page working towards the same goal. So I don't mind when those discussions happen or when any administrator gets up or the business manager gets up because, again, these are all nuts and bolts things. Now, the difference at the private school I taught at was the headmaster, other than the years where he was criticizing me for my disorganization and also for dating his daughter, he always had this litany. He, he always would say, oh, I'm going to do this for one day, and then the other day you can get your classroom ready. That was bunk. That never happened. It always went to... There was one time that one year, I still remember, that it went the full two days, and we had to have a faculty meeting at the end of the school day, like the second day of school, because he still wasn't done. This is one of the bigger problems, I'm going to get to it in a second, is people who were once educators in the classroom have to talk, and don't. And they'll tell you, here's how you should do better to reach students, but yet when they have to give a presentation to teachers, they suck. And you wonder, are they in, in administration, or are they an educational guru, because they just couldn't hack it in the classroom, and now they're telling you how you should be hacking it in the classroom. It just doesn't make sense. Because... Honestly, other than the administrator who would drone on for two days, point by point by point, like kind of like lecturing us, the worst thing about the first day of school is when, what I call the horse and pony show. That's when the district hires some highfalutin educational consultant or presenter to come in. And you know this person's making several grand. They had their expenses paid for, and they're giving like a one-hour talk, and they're probably making a few thousand dollars for that one-hour talk. And you sit there the whole time, and they're either telling you something that you already know, or they're boring you to death. The one of, why I call it the horse and pony show is... Because if you bring in a top-notch person who's well-known, you can blast it out on social media that you brought this person in. But the reality is, like I work in a K through eight district, it's even K through eight. It's tough for that person to get all the age levels. Like kind of like say stuff that hits us all. It's a if you're an educational if you're going out this this beginning of this school year and you're giving the um the keynote address to some schools first day of in-service i'll be praying for you it's the hardest gig you can get remember you're talking to a room of seasons teachers 
You've just killed all the joy of them returning and seeing their colleagues they haven't seen all summer. And now you have to convince them that what you need to say is vital for their teaching career. Good luck with that. Because you know you're getting critiqued by several hundred teachers in that room saying, that's against everything the guy just said to do when you're leading a classroom. Yeah, that happens. It happens a lot. And if you think that kids are bad with devices during a classroom, during classroom, you should see teachers listening to a keynote speaker with their devices open. In fact, I'll give this suggestion to you administrators who are responsible for bringing keynote speakers. Here is the way to judge the effectiveness of what the speaker is saying. Look out in the audience and see how many teachers are on the devices. More teachers on the devices, the less effective that speaker is. They're not, he, he or she is not gaining their attention. Now, in the 30 years I've been a teacher, I would say there has only been a handful, maybe five, keynote speakers that have really engaged me. I mean, and it really hasn't happened for several years. I mean, they have just been oh, snorefests. I remember one guy, he was a um, child psychologist, and he came in. He had a practice in the area, so he was dealing with some of our students. And here you are, your first day back, long summer, you're looking forward to a great start of the year. And this guy basically said, hey, I listen to many of your students, and you guys suck. You really do. You're horrible. You're the main cause of why they're seeing me. That is not a great way to start the school year. You've messed up somebody's life that they have to go see a doctor. Again, it's that whole thing of, if you truly think that, why don't you call me into your office and talk with me? The best keynote speakers on that first day for me have been the people who have been encouraging. They don't have to say a lot of educational stuff. In fact, I would say the one guy who presented to us one year is somebody if you go on Twitter, he has a large following, and he is, I will have to say that what he posts in the books he writes, he in his presentations, he lives it. He really does, like he's, it's a guy named Dave Burgess. He's known for um, how to teach like a pirate is his thing. And he came in, of course, wearing pirate gear. But in his engagement with a room full of teachers, you could see that he was living or practicing exactly what he preached. So he was, he was a good one. He was very good. And he did hit all the age grade levels of all the teachers in the room. But for the most part, the best way to go about it, if I had to give a suggestion to you, you're going out to give a keynote address to a first day of teacher training, I would suggest you just provide encouragement. Two of the best speakers I ever heard, one is a guy named Jonathan Rochelle, and you probably don't know him, but if you've ever used Google Sheets, it's basically from him. He had a company, Google bought him out. He actually started working for Google for a while. And 
Google Sheets came out of a product that his company had created. So he had, a, he had some children in our district, and he came in, and he just talked about, you know, here I am, you know, working for Google, my dream, this is my dream. But that started with my teachers. And he talked about his kids and how, you know, we can make an impact with them and help them along to achieve what they want to do in life. The other guy you also you may have heard of, he's a guy, I believe he runs Fox Business, and he has a show every day on Fox News. His name is Neil Cavuto. And also, again, he had children in our district. But it was really nice to hear him. He didn't just say, hey, you know, what you're doing. He, he, was, he made it very personal. He talked about his own children. He started naming teachers that had his children and how much of an impact they had. And when you hear that your colleagues, that again, remember, these are colleagues that you're enjoying seeing again. You haven't seen them all summer. And now they're being praised for the great work they've done with this guy who's on TV. And it just, hey, that's one of ours. He, she's, you know, who he's praising right now, she's, she's on our team. You, you kind of feel good about being a teacher. And you feel good about teaching in the place you are with people who are being praised for the job they've done. If you're planning out a first day in service, I would actually suggest not hiring somebody from the outside. Have teachers do little workshops. I much enjoy listening to a colleague talk about what they're doing in the classroom and the effects it's having on their students than listening to somebody I don't know and can't clarify if they're actually doing it. Yes, I believe some of these keynote speakers don't do not do what they're doing in class and one because of the base based just on how they're presenting it to me. And two, sometimes it seems like so impossible to get everything they say they're doing done that I highly doubt it. But when you bring in somebody who works down the hall from me and I can hear from the kids, oh yeah, Mrs. So and so does this. It's awesome. But you want to see it or hear their explanation of why they do it like that. That for me is more impactful on my teaching than hearing somebody I don't know and will never see again tell me something I can't confirm is true or not. So I would highly recommend you have all these resources. They're called teachers. Let the teachers teach the teachers in your own district. Have little workshops. Financially, it'll be cheaper than bringing in a high name person. I mean, give the teachers a couple of hours of um, compensation, and you got it. I mean, think about it. I know it looks good in the paper. We're bringing in Dr. So-and-so of such-and-such -such university to talk to our teachers on the first day. Yeah, that, that looks really good. But think about when you go to the press, you put out a press release that says, this year, we had the awesome teachers in our district lead sessions and workshops for other teachers. We value our teachers' expertise. And, you know, we love it that they can learn from each other. It really sets your school out as saying, hey, we're there are teachers in our district doing something right, and they impact each other. And they're going to impact your kid. Rather than saying, we bring in such and such so-and-so, who most people read and say, oh, that's great, it's a university thing. But again, how does that directly impact their kids? I would think that if I were to read it and say, you're using 
the resources that you have, that means you're putting a lot of trust in those resources. And I, and if you're putting the trust in the resources to teach other teachers, then I can trust that my kid is being taught in a great school. Another thing, don't do crowd breakers. There was one year that the teachers I was sitting with knew where it was going and knew how I would react. The speaker wanted us to stand up and give each other back rubs. And I stood up and walked out of the cafeteria. And my whole table started laughing. You know what's a better idea than forcing adults to do crowd breakers? Extend the time that they have to talk to one another. Like I said earlier, my district, the PTO, provides breakfast for the teachers. We sit in the cafeteria. There are uncomfortable benches to sit in. But at the same time, we're sitting around the table and we're talking with each other. You hear a lot in educational circles about, do you need to build relationship with your students? Well, how about if you're an administrator allowing your teachers to build relationships with each other? Extend that time. It's not a waste. Don't see that time as a waste. See it as very valuable to the mission of your school. Make it an hour. Trust me, there are teachers that can yap and yap and yap for well over an hour, and they still won't feel it's enough. But it's not wasted time. That will have benefits for your school community and for the students that you teach. Here's another idea I've always had. My longtime principal who retired a few years ago always wanted us to do more interdisciplinary projects. And one thing I suggested to him is this. Why don't you give us time, like during this first day of school? Say, okay, you need to start planning out an interdisciplinary project. And some of our faculty meetings throughout the year, we're going to get together for a few couple minutes just to kind of go over some things I need to go over with you. And then we're going to send you back to your interdisciplinary groups to continue planning. By the end of the year, every group must Give me a project. It doesn't have to start this year. You can start it next year, but it must be complete by the end of the year. Now, I complained on Twitter once how teachers are never just given time. And this one administrator reached out privately, and I, I did respect that. She reached out privately to me, and it wasn't an administrator in my school. She she's a principal another part of the country, and basically lectured me, though, on... This is not what the Board of Education would want. This is not what the parents would want. They think the teachers won't do any, you know, won't work. I mean, so basically we're making decisions based, we're making decisions of what we should do or what can make the school better based on misconceptions. I think administrators need to have some courage and say, give it a year. Let's see what happens. Let's see what these teachers come up with. I think they're going to surprise you. I think at the end of this, you're going to realize this was not a waste of time, giving them time to come up with something. We need that to be bold. And I was like, what I told the administrator was, I know all that. Just because I'm not an administrator, just because I'm a teacher, I've been in the game long enough to know that's exactly why we don't get that time, that people think it's just teachers wasting their time. But some of us, would actually create something really wonderful for the sake of our kids. So give us the time. Be bold. Be brave. And even if you have to lay down the law and say, it must be done, lay down the law with us. Because, yeah, there are teachers that probably will waste the time. But if you 
get making it kind of more a little more mandated like that a little mandate like you have to have produce something teachers will get it done i think most teachers will do it because they'll appreciate you've given them time to actually think and work together i have to be honest and this goes with a lot of life majority of teachers wouldn't even need the mandate they would do it because they're proud of their career and they're great professionals are there teachers that would slack off? Absolutely. There are people in many professions, in all, not in many, in all professions that would slack off. Let's be honest. Every career has go-getters and slackers. I would say the go-getters tend to be the majority. But we always plan and make decisions based on the worst members of our community. And what I think that leads to is eventually some of the great members or even good members of the community start saying, what's the point of working this hard? Because I'm going to be treated just as equally as the worst member of the community. Anyhow, I might as well be a worst member of the community. So administrators, get some courage, be bold, and start planning things to the best members of your community rather than always trying to disguise or mandate or control the worst. Give people freedom. Don't micromanage. And I think you'll be amazed at what you see. I think even what you'll start seeing is as the greater mem- the greater membership of your community starts doing wonderful things, they will start pulling up some of those worst members. You're always going to have worst members of community. It's always going to be like that. Nothing is perfect in life. So have courage. And the last thing is, always remember that most of those teachers in that room, whatever you plan, their main concern is being ready for that first day of school with their students. Like you, like they always say, you only have one chance to make a first impression. And they want that first impression with their students to go well. They're concerned about being prepared, their classroom being prepared, their handouts being prepared, everything set up perfectly. And the more time that you eat away into that is going to cause anxiety and stress. And one thing my district does, and a lot of teachers don't like it, so if you're an administrator for my district, it's true. We, we And I know why you do it. It's a good PR thing. I get it. It's a great PR thing. I get this. But the parent-child visitation in those two days is stressful. Because for me, and I think a lot of teachers would agree with me, we're going to meet the kid the next day. And we have a whole bunch of events to get to know that child over the first couple days of school. Let it happen naturally. I'm concerned about this classroom being ready for them. It kind of, it, again, you already have this anxiety and stress, and now you have this anxiety and stress of meeting these people while you're wondering if you're going to have your classroom ready by the next day. I have another suggestion. Why don't we put into the schedule, pay the teachers two hours to come in on a third day before school starts? I do it. That way, you can make the argument, hey, 
we're bringing you in for a half day. We're paying you for that half day. And you still get a full day to get your classroom ready. So that way, when it's a day of classroom prep, it's a day of classroom prep. I don't think any administrator wants their teacher stressed, anxiety. They know it's just part of the job. You're going to have your butterflies before that first day of school. But whatever you can do to lessen that stress would be appreciated. And that's it. That's my suggestions. If you're an administrator, I'd love to hear what you think. If you're a teacher, I would love to hear what you think. If you're a parent, tell me if you learned something today about that those teacher work days before your child gets into their classroom. Again, you can reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com and let me know. And if you're an administrator from my school and you have some questions or comments or things you now need to tell me, well, let's just put it this way. You know where to reach me. Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students. A good parent loves those students, their children, deeply.